Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code at DNVR to sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, Jesse, AJ, coming at you. Don't get your hopes up too much about <laughs> trade bait talk today, all right? It's going to come. Keep your eyes peeled once uh, once the All-Star break gets here. We're going we're gonna, to like maybe dip a pinky toe in, but this is mostly going to be a show taking a look at where the Avs stand right now and what realistic expectations can be for this hockey team. Um, at the point we were making before the show, two weeks ago, all of chat it was begging us to talk about goaltenders. Now? Yeah. So I want to start here because before we even decided to have this, this just decided to do the show, I said January 13th. Okay. That's January 25th. So January 13th, not even two full weeks ago. This conversation would have started with goaltender, 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 right? And that's where everybody would have been wanting uh, to talk about January 25th. The Avs have three shutouts in six games. Both goalies looked dope. Everybody's feeling good. Losing isn't a thing that any of us understand anymore. Time is completely made up. It's just how it is. Yep. Yeah, and and it's a great point that both of you guys make. And that was that's what we want to do with this show. So if you're expecting us to get into like, oh, this is you know this is our trade bait list. What we want to do is we want to set realistic expectations because on the 13th, we were all kind of laughing because that's where everyone would have wanted us to start. And even on January 13th, we would have come out on this show and been like, they're not trading for a goalie. If both yeah. guys are healthy. They're not doing it. So yeah, we thought it'd be fun to uh, set some expectations, understand where the abs are at, what's realistic for them and what isn't. Yeah. Um, uh, keep in mind that there are 22 games that the abs have yet to play between today and the deadline yeah Th- this conversation is going to change 50 times between yeah. now and then it, what's <laughs> funny is the 50th time might bring it right back to where we are yeah. right now today yeah and then and then the uh, the other thing to consider too is you know the there was going to be an Olympic break. You maybe would have seen some movement and stuff before then, but moves that other teams make will change this conversation, not just the abs. Um, but, but I think, I think now we're at a good point. It's snowy and fucking gross outside. So why not uh, just kick back with some trade talk, right? All right. Well, let's, let's start with the boring stuff. As of right now, the abs expected deadline cap space is about 750 K. Subject to change. Subject to change. It's two guys on LTIR that'll probably be off of LTIR before the deadline. So that's even less space (laughs) is my point. The Avs cannot just go out and get Patrick Kane full dollar value and throw him on the lineup and be good to go. It's, it's not realistic. They're going to have to do some salary cap management if they're getting a significant trade piece coming in. So what are what are realistic avenues to the Avs freeing up some cap space? Let's start there. Well, so, so I was. Uh... Oh, sorry. Here, do you want to start? Here, here we go. Everybody. Everybody's immediately. It's it's a 
immediately we just smashed our virtual vehicles into each other trying to get to JT Comfort first. <laughs> well, I, I what I was gonna say was I, I was looking at it last night, and realistically, when you look at this abs roster, there's four, maybe five names of guys that you can find that you would say, I think they'd be comfortable losing them. And then that number gets even smaller when you talk about legitimate money moving out to make any type of room for someone coming back in. And yes, it's JT Comfer, but there is one other name that is super interesting because you probably have to do a little bit of selling uh, and, and, you'd have to also make it clear like, Hey, we need to include this guy to make the money work. But the other name that's interesting is Ryan Murray. It's a $2 million cap hit. Um, who's not a regular part of your rotation right now that if you can find a way to move that out as part of a package, as part of a, a sweetener, uh, that is another name similar to JT Confer that moves out a decent chunk of money. Well, and where Ryan Murray is interesting is that there's no money beyond this year. So if they get, you know, and this is purely as a dump the money, the abs, the abs have to yeah. move money out in order to take money in. Um, so Ryan Murray would only be, you know, you're talking Ryan Murray would just be like, hey, he can serve as, uh, say, you know, this is a Philly or a Dallas. Mm-hmm. He can serve as kind of, you know, in Dallas, he would be the young man on that blue line but <laughs> he could uh he comes in and they just say okay well how does this guy fit in the last 20 games maybe he wants to come back and we like what we saw and he has a role with us and blah 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 maybe it's not maybe it's like right we're good and two million dollars i mean it's it it, it helps right because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be anything anything you can so yeah um, where Murray, where Murray has his advantage in this conversation is that he's an expiring deal. Yeah. So a team isn't committing to something. Where JT Comfer and Tyson Jost are going to be at a disadvantage here is that they're obviously signed. Uh, now Jost isn't RFA at the end of his deal, so he would be more intriguing there. But. You're also talking about you're getting a pretty hard-capped fourth-line guy uh, who's, granted, he's still only 23 years old, which is insane to think about. Yeah. That he's only 23, turns 24 um, in March. I I think it's in March. I don't know. Yeah, March 14th. It's right in front of me. So, March 14th. So, he turns 24, but he's still signed, like, for, for next year. So if they get him in there and it just doesn't work or whatever, like they're committed to him. So JT Confer, same thing. Now Confer's already 26. Uh, he turns 27 later this year and is a UFA at the end of that deal. Yep. Yep. It's it. And part of this conversation is certainly if you're talking about teams that are in a rebuilding phase, I'll put it that way. There is going to be a little bit more value to a player like JT Comfer for them, yeah. right? Where you're you're talking about a guy who's going to be a regular in their lineup, and yeah, is he worth three and a half million dollars? Maybe not, but but someone that they can use every night. Well, and and we just talked about that. I believe it was on a show uh, last week where you know, Avs fans 
talk a lot about Tyson Jost and JT Comfer and, oh, they're not good enough and whatever. But on, on almost any other team, JT Comfer is getting a solid, you know, to your point, even any of these teams that we are going to be talking about, you know, Philly, Dallas, you're, you're speaking under the assumption of they're out of the playoff race right. and they are entering into a bit of a phase where they're rebuilding. Your eyes are awfully wide. What are you? You don't want to know. Just let it go. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> um, and, and so, no, I think that's a great point, Rudo, where you're not, th- these p- players that we're talking about right here that are part of the cap, these aren't the centerpieces of this deal, but a team like Philly, a team like Dallas who is looking to rebuild or, you well, know, maybe know. kind of reset. We don't know that Dallas is looking to rebuild right. yet. Right. Like, well, Dallas- I want to get it. Dallas has to make that decision first. Like, right. And, and, and like I said, I guess that, that's where I should say this, these conversations right now are under the assumption that these teams are willing to sell off players because they consider themselves out of it, whatever. Um, JT Comfer is a totally serviceable third line player for, for most teams. You'd probably even find a couple teams that, that would try him at, at second. Um, you know, yeah, on, on the second that, line, but, but... I mean, you could find some teams yeah. that would do it. I mean, they're like, depending on where, where he would like, fit that. Like, certainly the selling point of him to another team is, look, we've just been a little too deep the last couple of years. Uh, he's a middle six guy. I mean, he was a middle six guy for us. Yep. Before we started getting a lot of good players. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, you, you can, you can make that, that sell. Um, I think there will be plenty of there would be plenty of teams that if you're getting you know centerpieces, which we're going to get to, you know, high picks, high round picks, you know, high end prospects. Yeah, you'll take JT Confer as a roster player to make to make a deal work that that makes you you know helps your team in the immediate to some extent um, while you're waiting on picks and prospects that you're getting back in these deals. So these aren't the centerpieces, but these are the pieces that are going to make some of these deals work. You know, there's people in the chat talking about. Oh, well, the abs don't have any salary cap space. Right. That's, that's, that's what we're talking we're, about here. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, otherwise the abs don't want to touch their NHL roster. They want to add to it. Right. Because right. any guy that they take off the roster is a guy that they have to replace. Yeah. Now, if you're just, just because we're kind of in this room, if you're trading for Claude Drew, because we're talking about, talking about Philly here, um, they, tra- they trade for Claude Drew and JT Conference in that package. Well, Quadru replaces JT Comfer in the lineup, but yep. then it's anybody beyond that, right? Yep. Like there's dudes beyond that, that you have to, okay. If you get rid of Tyson Jost, now you need a fourth line guy, right? You know, like well, which, which, which fourth line guy, or which guy do you push down? You know, that, and, and, that can take that job that fills his role and right. that does his thing. And so you have to keep that part of it in mind as well. That like, yes, Quadru would come in and do, x y and z but you still need a guy to do the a b and c that the guy who left was was doing right, you have a guy to fill that role so you know i mean obviously that's an upgrade like like going yeah. from jt confer or tyson jones to a claude drew like you got a lot better and you got a, a high-end impact player who helps you in so many ways and we'll, we'll get there but you have to keep that in mind. And the only real reason that we're even having this conversation is because the apps have to move money. 
Yep. Right. So that's it. Anything of note, money has they, to go out. Yeah. Any money that comes in, money has to go out to try and help it. And we we're talking about a guy like Giroux. It's $8 million. Even You've got a lot of work to do. Even at full retention, you still need to move money to make room for him for the exactly. Guys. There's a well, lot of work to do in order to yeah. in order to get there. And and I don't know if we want to get into this now, or if we maybe want to save this talk talking point for maybe another show or, or later in the show. But um, I, I don't think it's out of the question that there's going to be teams like Seattle and Arizona that are going to be saying, "Hey, we'll we'll take some of that salary for yeah. a pick. We'll take you some of that salary for a prospect. Jump a million dollars on us for a third rounder." Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I think the abs are going to be very interested in doing. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you are Philly uh, or, you know, some of these teams that we're going to get into, if, if you are staring down, letting a Claude Giroux test free agency for nothing, you'll be happy to retain. Cause he's a UFA after this year, that retention doesn't really hurt hurt any of those teams so if they're getting the best package um from you know from the abs in terms of what they're getting back i don't think you're going to see many teams do what buffalo did with the jack eichel thing where they had their feelings hurt so they were unwilling to retain um you know in in these situations so um i i think it's i think the abs are gonna be really interesting um i i think they're Right now at a point, obviously it's different in the salary cap area. You can't be as all in every year as um, Pierre Lacroix was um, every year for the abs. But I, I do, man, I, I think they're looking at this and saying, we've only got one more year of McKinnon on the cheap deal. We don't have any goalie signed for next year. I, I think they are looking at this um, season as we are going to make any move we need to. Um, and, and we're going to get into picks and prospects here in the next uh, period. But uh, I don't, I, I don't, I, I just don't think that they are very married to anything that they've got internally right now. If there's a way they can make their NHL team better and give themselves a, a better chance at bringing home a Stanley cup this year, I think they're going to take a real serious look at it. All right. Yeah. It's, there's just a lot of work to do. Uh, yep. And that's no like, as we start to like slowly work our way into deadline conversations on off day pods, yeah. It's it's just a it's just a reality that we're going to continue to talk about. Um, it, it's 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 hard to make these deals. Yep. Look at look at previous deadlines. It's it's hard to make a meaningful improvement. Yep. They're Joe Sakic's best deadline deal to date is freaking Vlad Nemestikov. <laughs> yep. Right. So, and it's not even close. Like. Pretty much none of the others really worked out, I guess, unless you want to go all the way back to Sean Mathias and Mikhail Bodker. Just about to say, Sean Mathias, I feel like, was good here. Yeah, and what's weird is both of those guys were out of the league, like... Within a couple of years, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I can guarantee you, Chad, that nothing wants to make AJ drink more than talking about trade deadline rumors two months before the deadline. So go get yourself a Breckenridge brewery and get so yourself true. an avalanche right now to, to fit the theme of the avalanche trade deadline. It works out great. They have a bunch of amazing flavors. You can get at your local liquor store using the Breck beer locator on the line. Also be sure to check out their good company, hard seltzers. If you're more of a seltzer person, 
those things genuinely taste like candy. It's kind of unfair that those are alcoholic drinks, but they work. That's for sure. So hit up Breck Brew, get your favorite drinks. And then if you're looking for a house like I'm starting to do, be sure to hit up Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business here in Colorado for a very, very long time. So they know the ins and outs of everything you need. When you're trying to get set up with a home loan, Mike is a certified financial planner. So he will look at your entire financial picture and get you the light home, the right home loan, not just to buy your house, but for you and your foreseeable future. It's a really awesome thing i've been talking with them a little bit as of late as we start our process and they're super responsive super friendly to just give you whatever you might need so head over to dnvrmortgage.com and you can get a free consultation from them as well as your chance to win some free dnvr merch you can also call virginia directly at 303-257-6578 Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Also, come on down to the DNVR bar this Saturday. We've got the Goaties going on from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. We're going to play a bunch of fun games. We're going to announce the awards. You can vote right now for Newcomer of the Year. P.S. Vote for Devon Taves. There's no argument for anyone but Devon Taves in that vote. So go make sure he wins and then come hang out, have some breakfast with us down at the bar on Saturday when we have a ton of fun and, and see that the Avs win all of the awards. Should be good. Should be a good time. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, Ali. Yeah, look at that. Taves is in the lead, but that's pretty tight. Aaron Gordon shouldn't be that close. All right. Yeah. Pat Sertan, every one of you that voted for Pat Sertan, not allowed to vote ever again for anything, <laughs> ever. Your decision-making privileges as an adult are revoked. Out. You're out. There you go. This was a test, and you failed. We don't make the rules. <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's what they are. Sorry. That's what it is. And I say that as a huge Pat Sertan fan. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. There we go. Thank you. Give me a break. Um, All right. Second period. Uh, Jesse, you were kind of alluding to it. One of the big problems that stand in front of the abs heading towards this trade deadline. They don't have a first. They don't have a second in the 2022 draft. But, 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 but they have first round picks in 2023 and 2024. Just go full nuggets and trade a 2028 second. It'll be fine. (laughs) That's always my favorite thing with junior hockey. Like they've traded their 2032 second round pick. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Traded a three-year-old. Yeah. When you you consider that they are junior players, the age of those guys, you're like, that kid is legit four years old right now, whoever they take with that pick. Well, and, and that's, and it's also like such like toxic credit card habits. Like, Oh yeah. If I don't have to pay for this for another 10 years, I can spend it right now. Just bad habits. <laughs> that's future me's problem. You know what? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, there's no way I'll still be the GM by the time that we have to make good on that. So who yeah. gives a fuck? That is exactly how Jim Rutherford was the GM his entire Penguins tenure. (laughs) There's no way this will be my problem. (laughs) He just, he, like, he, every time that he was walking down the street and he saw a can, he didn't know why, but instinctively he just kicked it down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) When it's uh, ingrained that deep, I guess. Uh... Yeah. (laughs) You just can't help it. 
just wandering down the street there's a can oh gotta kick that thing yeah just yeah. lived his whole life that way gm'd his whole gm tenure in, in pittsburgh exactly like that and look at them they're still contending those guys are deep into their 30s and they're still rolling yep so so they don't have a first and second in this year yes they do have future picks but Obviously, most teams that are selling at the deadline want the more immediate return, which, of course, is going to lead us to the conversation of avalanche prospects on the block. Uh, <coughs> let's start with things that are completely off limits for the yeah, Avs. I am super curious about this. Players players that you guys feel like, and again, this is just going to be in our, in our opinion. Yeah. Um, but... Players that you guys feel like, no, like even unless unless an unrealistic conversation that will not be happening, like Edmonton calls about Leon Draisaitl or something. Yeah, if you're Gary you're, McCabe, you're not you give up everything. You don't care. Right, like you're not you're not having this conversation about this player in any kind of a realistic scenario. Right. So yeah, for for me, I don't know if the Avs have any prospects that you would consider like untouchable in a situation like what you just laid out. Like, I think that, you know, there's no kale McCars coming up anymore. Um, well, honestly. I'm not touching Bowen Byram. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, I'm I don't not, consider him a prospect. And I'm anymore. not touching Alex Newhook. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So no, not see, both those guys. I consider NHL roster lineup. players. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And, and, and moving, moving on from either of those guys doesn't give you, any you know relief where it's like oh well yeah you move on from Byram but oh that frees up seven million in cap space like no I, I don't mm. consider those guys as part of the prospect pool anymore those are nope. roster players to me which I don't I don't right. think they would want to take off um, my my only other don't even bother asking me about it is used to saying it in yeah I agree um just don't do it just don't pick just don't 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 take. We don't need to take the 30 seconds out of this phone call. Don't, um, nope. I'm not trading used to saying it in for any of these guys. There's a non-zero chance that on July 1st for seven minutes until they sign another goaltender that used to saying it in is the best goaltender on the team. <laughs> right. He's going to be uh, yeah, the I mean, only like... goaltender under contract uh, up until they make a decision. <laughs> it's going to be him, him and Trent Minor. Him being their only real, like, legitimate NHL potential goaltender prospect definitely puts him on a little bit of like a questionable list for me, but obviously, and this is why you don't like having these conversations as far in advance, but like obviously it all just depends on, on the package. If someone wants him as their centerpiece, then it's like, Oh well, shit. Well, we can hold on to all these other prospects and, you know, next year's first round pick and stuff because they just love Eustis Annan. I don't know. But um, for for me, it's you have to pick one of your defensive prospects, Hellison or Barron, whichever one you feel better about. Um, and that's kind of what you say is your untouchable. Other than that, I, I don't know if there's anyone in that prospect pool that I'm saying, again, if you're talking about like Claude Giroux, I, I don't know if there's anyone... That, that I'm saying, no, I, I'm, I'm not even, you know, Sampo Ranta is, I think he's in the mix. Alousen, I think he's in the mix. Obviously Shane Bowers has lost a lot of his kind of trade value in the last year, year and a half. Um, I, I'm fine putting Annan into that conversation, but otherwise I think it's, it's 
Baron or, or Hellison, you, you decide which one you like better. You take that guy off the table and then the other one. I will say if anyone's calling about the defensive prospects, I would be like, hey, look at Sean Barron's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at Sean Barron's. I would start if somebody who really wants a defender, I would start with Sean Barron's. And it's entirely about his path to a job in Colorado right now is yeah. tough yeah. because you've got four pretty entrenched guys between Taves, uh, Taves, Gerard, Bacar, Byram. And then you do have Barron and Hellison just chilling. Yeah. So you're kind of like, yeah, don't yeah, I... love that. But um, Drew Hellison is not six five. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. But Sean Barron's and Sean Barron's had a really good year. Yep. At There's DU. a little hype on him. So uh, I think that um, it's funny because Will Butcher might be like his best. Comparable, <laughs> yeah, like his best comp right now. Yeah, um, so I, I mean, I, I fully agree with yeah. that. That if someone's saying, "Well, we like your defensive prospects," I think you start there, knowing that you may have to, you know, go go a little bit more on on picks or give them, you know, cool, take Sean Barons and then another mid level prospect that you like um, instead of you know, a Hellison or, or uh, a Justin Barron. Oh, I would say Hellison is a mid-level prospect. Oh, really? I think he's getting, I think he's overvalued in Colorado because of his style. Right. Um, so it's just because it for what the, edge right. Is. Like you're, t- you're like, okay, well, how can they avoid signing Jack Johnson next year? Develop Drew Hellison to do the yeah. exact same stuff. Right. Right, like, right. Right. That's and, and, but you look at him as like, okay, how good of an NHLer is he going to be? Um, and this is nothing against Hellison. I just think that it's not the same conversation. Look, it's as not Justin Barron because with Drew Hellison, if the Evs get a third pairing defensive D out of them, they're slam dunking that. They're super happy with that. Yeah, and if they get if they get you know a borderline like four or five guy, like if they get Ryan Graves out of Drew Hellison, right, that's, right. they that's an insane, are yeah thrilled, right? Like they are thrilled. But Justin Barron is legitimately a guy that, like, when Devon Taves' contract yeah, is up, that's exactly you're kind of like, like, well, maybe. maybe we don't give him nine million dollars when he's 32 because Justin Barron is here and he's kind of taking that job, right? Well, and, and I also think that, I mean, there's the very well documented story that Nathan McKinnon was essentially the one that made that pick, uh, where you know, <laughs> what, <laughs> what. AJ hates this story because it's I, not I, true. It, yeah, I. How is, drives, what do you mean it's it, not true? It, it just drives me crazy. The idea that like McKinnon like drove. You don't think he's got input? Whatever. I mean, I think he was like, I like this guy, this dude, yeah. this, or this dude, that. But it was like the conversations that I'd had with with people like nothing changed. <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, I don't it doesn't, know. I, it I mean, doesn't in any way hurt, obviously. But, no, but where I was going and, with that was, yeah. anyway, you've got someone a, who's a big a advocate for that player, um, who who works out in the off season <laughs> with that player, um, and who obviously wants him here, regardless of how much you believe the story or not. That you know he wants, he wanted Justin Barron to be part of the organization to some extent, um, and so I'd imagine that internally yeah you probably want to hold on to that guy a little bit more what 
Blaze, we were talking about the thing we were talking about before. Blaze says, yeah. it looks like Kale's taking a piss on the star. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were laughing at earlier? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh anyway. my God. Yes. Thresh <laughs> an apple. P.S. That Mountain Dew flavor rules. <laughs> It's actually so good. I did not think it was going to be any good. It ended up awesome. <laughs> Allie, uh, Allie's just uh, clicking things in the background. Yeah, I was right say. She's just going Mar- on. Marissa's learning how to produce shows, and Allie's like, let's just push buttons. I like, <laughs> I like to disrupt a little. You guys are already going <laughs> off topic. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a little spice, uh, a little flair. I love thrashing apple. It's so good. <laughs> But so I think realistically, you can have your conversation about Justin Barron or Drew Hellison. But after that, everything should pretty much be on the table. Bowers, Cout, uh, even Ranta, I think, should definitely be an option that that the Evs are looking at moving if it's for the right price, of course. Yeah. I mean, are there where there's some of those like mid I'm curious where you guys feel about which are the mid level or like the not like. Like we're talking like Barrison and Olsen, like you really don't want to do it, right? Like you're really like I would have to be bowled over by, like we we're staring down the barrel of like we'd have to be pretty sure that we're gonna lose this guy to a direct competitor, yeah. Uh, in order in order to make this kind of move, yeah. I'm curious which of the guys beyond that. I think Drew Hellison's a great example, a guy that you really don't want to deal that would make you uncomfortable. Like it would be a cut that you're just like, ah. it's Hellison and foodie that are right in that range for me. Okay. I mean, I have Ranta in there because at this point he's so yeah. close that dealing Ranta would just be like, come on. Yeah. See, I think, I think for me, it's Justin Barron is in that first kind of tier where it's like, it, it, you really, you really don't want to do that. Pretty much no matter what. Won't use the word untouchable, but it's not right. far yeah. from it. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and then yeah, in that next tier for me, um it's Ranta, Hellison, um and then and then Olausen are probably the ones where it's like we'd like to hold on to these guys, but at the right price, if if we feel like it makes us that much substantially better. Um you're fine with it. Then past that, I I think you get into that point where you feel so differently about them because they're abs, not you, the proverbial you, because they're abs prospects and we've watched them. We've seen how far they've come and stuff. But if you're being realistic with where a lot of that guys will, a lot of those guys will likely fall. I mean, I think you get past that range and, a lot of those guys just don't really have that much value either, right? right. Like, you're not adding it. That's like a throw-in on you're already giving them right. a second, and it's like they're, they're guys that you can sell have enough upside that that they could. I mean, AJ Greer is a semi-regular in, in New Jersey right now. Um, I think he's like a taxi squad guy. So like guys like that, where it's like, yeah, you can plug them in if you want. Um, the other place yeah, everybody where I think, has guys like that though. The other area where I think you might be able to see um, some of these guys maybe have a little bit more value is if you are getting third teams involved. I mean, my mind goes to Seattle. You know, they need organizational depth in the same way that Vegas did for those first couple of years. Um, 
and, with, and you know, if they're you're getting them to take on salary, maybe you you drop them a mid-level well, prospect. I I think with a team Ooh. like Seattle, but and that those those are the teams that you could see like, hey, we can give you Martin Cout and he can play in your lineup yep. tomorrow. Tomorrow, hundred percent. That kind of a move. Yeah, Cout and Bowers. I think that's where Cout and Bowers have their strongest selling point. Is that. Hey, we like these guys. We've just been a little bit too deep at times over the last couple of years to work them into the lineup consistently. But look at their AHL careers. They've been good AHL players. Um, Shane Bowers has actually been really good this year. Um, and it didn't, he shouldn't be there, but whatever. Where, where, where does Maltsev fall for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think Maltsev is a guy they the abs like, and they still want to mm-hmm. see what's up. And with them still having... Uh, he's still in, he's an RFA after this because uh, I think he's in the last year of his ELC, so he's still pretty young. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I think I think Maltev is a like look if a, if Maltev pushes you across the finish line for Claude Giroux, yeah. right. <laughs> but right now we're seeing like can Maltev take Darren Helm's job? Because if the answer right. if the answer is a legitimate yes, then you're like, okay, well, this is a guy that we think helps us. Yeah, we yeah. don't we don't want to have to take away a comfort and Maltsev, right? You know, um, so that's I I think that's where uh, Maltsev is. Like, so he almost kind of falls into that Justin Barron like tier where it's like, if they ask about it, you're kind of like, what do you why? Know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like it would be such an odd ask, I think, for another team. Uh, but you're you're also not going to be like, we're not having that conversation. Yeah, you're not going to scoff at it. Um, Come on. If you haven't seen the difference between Maltsev and Helm, I don't know what to tell you, fam. Uh, it's been better. It's not like light years better. I, but that's how the Evs PK has stopped giving up goals. Yeah, just by removing Helm. It's not yeah. even that Maltsev is on the right. unit. Just Helm isn't right, right. anchoring it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Besides, Maltsev has become a world-class sit-in-the-box because your team got called for too many men on the <laughs> ice again, guy. Look, some teams are allowed to play with six skaters and some aren't, all right? That's just the rules. Yep. <laughs> and in overtime, sometimes three is too many. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we can get back to this conversation, but we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. They are still running their 56 to 1 odds deal for the NFL playoffs with the two championship conference championship games coming up. Pick the team to win on a new account with code DNVR. Bet five bucks, win $280 in free bets if you pick the right team. Are y'all crazy enough to pick the Bengals? Dude. <sighs> After this last weekend of games, like I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> What's like? Uh, I mean, I know I no one's gonna like betting for the Chiefs in this in this chat. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not hugely surprised at where things ended up. I mean, I. It's just how they got there was nonsense. That's right, the thing right. that that was like, because I was like, there's no way I'm picking a California team in Green Bay, right? And then Green Bay played like the one game that they physically couldn't to throw that. Yeah. So it was just like. Well, and, and my whole thing, I think we were all at, at the bar last week when I was talking to one of our Broncos guys. And I was like, how can you pick against Tom Brady at this point? 
And then he, you know, the Buccaneers get way down and it's like, ah, well, he finally didn't have it in him. And then Tom Brady things happen. Right. It's so funny that Tom Brady gets credit for wild shit happening when he's not even on the field. But it's just like Tom Brady magic, baby. (laughs) Well, it's it's just like it's 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 happened with him on the roster like so So many different times. And it's like it's it's a I'm not even kidding. It's Tom Brady magic. It's fucking crazy. Like they, they turn that ball over and then they snap one over. Without, you know, with Drew Stafford, or, uh, yeah, not even paying attention. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Drew, Drew not Stafford. even paying attention. Drew Stafford's been out of the league a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Stafford and, you know, Peyton Manning flashbacks and all this stuff from Super Bowl, whatever that was, 48. And it's like, yeah. yeah. So Tom Brady didn't even get to take his helmet all the way off and something crazy happened and he gets to go back onto the <laughs> right. field. Like that like, wildly what? benefits him. Yeah. <laughs> so funny man and and then and then you think like oh there it is he's you know he pulled it off again and then la wins in a walk with a walk-off kick and it's like holy shit not to cover cooper cup for some reason (laughs) you're talking you're talking like a guy who came this close to breaking every major receiving record in one year and they were like let's put them one-on-one in man coverage it'll be fine like no big deal they won't they don't have the balls to do that right And the Buffalo game is like heartbreaking as that was for the Bills, but it's like they gouged you on two plays in 10 seconds All you to had get to upfield and get to overtime. Not shit your pants on a bubble screen and you yeah. win this right. game. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just you know, you know what's what sucks is that like obviously as like a, a lifelong Broncos fan, like I can't stand the Chiefs. Yep. But I love Patrick Mahomes. Oh, dude, I think so I think everybody in his orbit sucks, but <laughs> right, I'll... Patrick Patrick Mahomes rules. And watching him like just and like the game ends and his team is celebrating and he sprints down the field and finds Josh Allen to like yeah. hug it out. I was like, can I just hate you properly? <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Stop being so likable, you dick. All right. Well, well, and like he's likable and he's just good as hell. Yeah. Like the stuff he does is yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like, dude, the guy's a special talent. Right. So look, if you want to go bet on the chiefs at DraftKings, we won't tell anybody go get your $280 in free bets. When you use code DNVR to sign up for a new account, must be 21 or older Colorado only other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply to draftkingscom slash sports book for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And then, Go head on over to the Ball Corporation when you need a little bit more money to put into DraftKings or otherwise. They are hiring right now for their product technician role. They pay $27.39 starting with opportunities for raises every six months. You can text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN to get your application today. Ball is dope. They give great benefits like PTO, insurance. They will uh, help you take classes if you have holes in your resume to get those things filled out. So they got you pretty much covered. Check out the Ball Corporation today. Again, jobs.ball.com to see what's available at their golden plant. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Do you guys want to finish up this conversation about prospects or are you ready to dive into the studio? I think I think we're pretty good on uh yeah. I think I think we all kind of sit in the same room when it comes to More the prospects. Like yep. I will tell you, I did not think I was gonna be this defensive about the idea of moving Oscar Olsen a year in. <laughs> where I'm like, I don't know, I don't want to do it. 
I don't want to right. do it. Like a year when they made the pick, I was like, "Ooh, that'll be good I trade mean, bait." I was <laughs> Larson's just so weird because he was never from all his Euro footage. It was never like, "Oh my god, that shot!" It was like that shot's good, but it's not insane. And his entire time in North America has just been like, "Oh, it, he can beat literally any goaltender at any time with that shot." Okay, right. great. <laughs> right, even, get... even NHL goaltenders we saw in preseason, like he played a yeah. couple legitimate NHL goaltenders yep. and smoked them. His one WJC goal is against Askarov. So, right. Uh, we do have a couple of super chats we can get to really quickly here. Uh, $5 from pin King. The rule is to ban AJ for a bad suggestion. Okay. Well, I get to be on my show forever then because I only have fire takes <laughs> <laughs> and two more from pin King. Flurry will never come to the abs. Correct. That is a that is a correct take. We don't have to ban you now, Pin King. Good job. Uh. Yeah. Well, I didn't know. Um, I did know. I had seen you here adding those little banners throughout your live shows. But <laughs> someone was like, "No banner." Does this mean the Avs are are trading for him? Yeah. And I was like, "No, no. It's just Ali. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Avs are not trading for Flurry." Yeah. Don't yeah. worry. We'll get the banner back. You're safe on that one. Banner just had the day off, I guess. Uh, okay. So, yo, the Nuggets guys are making a real push for this newcomer of the year bullshit. Yeah. And let me just say, don't let that happen for Aaron Gordon. All right. Aaron Gordon is dope, but he might be their fourth best player uh, when they're fully healthy. I guess I'm, I'm probably their fourth best player. Uh, Devon Taves is a top five NHL defenseman. And the only reason that he isn't running away with all of this is because kale mccarr happens to exist so you guys make sure that you do the prudent thing and you go out and you dominate the nuggets in this vote because if devon taves loses this i'm holding all of you responsible and there will be a there will be there will be some sort of a punishment when uh when taves wins this at the bar can we like put up a big projector of aj's face just going like I don't love this idea, but you It'll make just, sure Devon Taves wins. It, we can do that just overlaid uh, on the. Uh, I'm good with that. That was that was like, the night of Landy. The like compilation that Dimitri, however you pronounce his last name, did of Devon yeah, Taves last just week, knocking just pucks out of midair. Yeah, dope plays place, all over yeah. the place. And yeah, and we'll just we'll just overlay that with the AJ thing. I'm good with all of this, but as long as Devon, as long as Devon Taves wins, that's yep. all I care about. True. Devon Taves got to win that one. Let's move on. Well, hold on. Edwin, don't you dare start this happy birthday. From <laughs> <laughs> no, Stop it's too it, late Jack. now. It's too late. Oh my God. Everyone uh... wish Marissa a happy birthday. No. Just get out of the way. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh. all right so for marissa's birthday are we all gonna give our our one one target that you'd like to see the abs go after yeah and aj's yeah. just gonna say luke shan and be done with say, it <laughs> yeah haven't i done this <laughs> <laughs> all right go ahead um no does anybody else want to start i'll go if you're not ready 
I mean, yeah, go ahead. Jesse and I are just whichever one of us goes first. It's going to say Claude Giroux. Yeah, so well, I, I, was, I wanted to give someone else the opportunity to say it because I've got a couple others. I'm picking a flyer, but it's not Claude Giroux, and it's really boring. I don't know. You can maybe put this on like the same level as Luke Shen. But wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I want to see if I can figure it out. Okay. Because now I'm super curious. Um, we're waiting. Oh God, is it Justin Braun? Yep. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's he's the perfect Jack Johnson replacement, dude. Nothing happens when that guy is on the ice. Literally nothing goes on when Justin Braun steps into the ice. There's no offense. There's no defense. The puck just gets put into stasis and nothing happens. And he, he's actually like, when you look at the underlyings, he's a significant positive impact of Flyers' horrendous defense. So I don't feel like I'm that's, not... there's such a thing this year. I don't, I don't, I'm just no longer a believer in significant and positive when it comes to anything Flyers related. <laughs> So fair they're, they're cursed. The, 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 Billy's the, chat, haunted. the <laughs> chat in there is maybe is where I thought maybe you were going. Cause it was a name that I thought was interesting just because his salary is so much lower than I thought it was. Keith Yandel, I thought was an interesting name on that flyers back end at 900 K just cause why don't you like that? Because he's bad now. I mean, <laughs> Again, if you're looking for a bottom pairing guy, I thought that was I've I've thought that was a really interesting name at the price tag that you could slot in ahead of Jack Johnson. Well, I'm just gonna nod my head if you're just gonna shake yours. <laughs> just Justin Braun, I you could sell me on Justin Braun like yeah. like next to uh Jack Johnson is like your third. All these people are saying like, no and they don't even know why they're saying that. But Keith no, Keith Keith Yandel is washed. It's it's done. The yeah, only but, reason but, that but he's still my, hanging my about. My point is, you're talking about a third pairing guy. I'm not. I, I'm again. I'm not saying I want Keith. I'm, this isn't me. Like, but I I, just, I thought that was a name that was interesting because that's the exact type of person that the Abs have added around the deadline. Recent. Handles a lefty, right? Yep. He's also bad. Once he breaks the Iron Man streak, he can finally get scratched, and everybody scratched. can move on. <laughs> He's he's like like he's had a pretty impressive career and he's a, been a really good offensive play driver for a long time. It's done, man. Not saying it isn't, but it's just, just a name that I think that's is interesting. A, that dude will end up at Edmonton or something, and it'll just be <laughs> like holy smokes on a multi-year deal. All right. This comment. This is the oh. type of locker room guy that right, right. needed. Look at this. He hasn't missed a game yeah. in 14 years. Right, Look right. at that heart and dedication. <laughs> Leadership. Obviously, the Avs should never actually trade for Brendan Lemieux, but I have an extremely deranged reason as to why they should. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> this is going to involve a trade tree, isn't it? So, no, not quite. The Avs have had a player play for them. For every single pick, one through 30. They've never had a player play a single game for them that was picked 31st overall. We know they've had multiple at 32nd, Connor Timmons. Brendan Lemieux was picked 31st overall. So if he plays a game for the Avs, the the list of, of picks that have played for the Avs goes up by at least two. I would have that to That is maybe the that. most Rudo like hat pull I've ever 
I remember when he told me about this and I was like, shut up. And then I went through and I looked and I was like, no, he's right. There were some like real stretches to get there, but, but it happened. So <laughs> anyway, uh, Keith Yandel, uh, Justin Braun, and then the one everyone wants in Claude Giroux. Is that where we're going, AJ? I'll let Jesse take Drew. No, I'll take Drew. I'll take Drew. Yeah, You've you got can, others, you and I'm, I'm curious what they are. And if it's Joe Pavelski, then we would have just flip-flopped one and two anyway. <laughs> um, but no, Claude, like, look, if you can – I say this with the gigantic caveat that if you can make the money work right. and you're comfortable with the deep cut of price tag, then I love the idea of a Claude Drew because – a, a been there and done that kind of guy who's seen a little bit of everything <laughs> except the Stanley Cup in his life. And he's been around. He does tons of stuff, right? Like he's do you do you do you put him your top power play unit? Do you put him on your second power play unit? Either way, you feel pretty good about it. Right? Like yep. it's weird that you know you take Nachushkin off of your power play unit, uh for Claude Giroux, and you're just like, hmm. That seems good. Yeah, that <laughs> seems like that's got potential. Because then your second power play unit has Newhook, Burakovsky, and Giroux on it. Right. Or he takes, or he takes like, Kadri or Landeskog spot, and then one of those guys is on your Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a, for that, it's a great fit. He's an, he's still got an unbelievable shot. Like, I... and then... You throw in that uh, he's right-handed, which the Avs have, like, coveted. You throw in that he can play kind of all over their lineup and kind of mix and match wherever they want him to go. But he also serves as kind of a buoy for the Burakovsky baddies, like like when Burakovsky's not any good. And he's going through that stretch, like kind of like what we're seeing now. I mean, I think he can almost keep players like Burakovsky from having those stretches because, yes, he can shoot the puck, but you look at his career and it's like, this guy's had multiple 60 assist seasons. He's oh, yeah, no, I mean, he's a complete yeah. offensive player, but you also look at his defensive impact in his career. He's always been a good defensive player. He's no longer a center, but he still wins a shitload of faceoffs. So next to Kadri, that's probably a little redundant, but when you – you start talking about end of game scenarios. It's not Kadri and nobody else. <laughs> right. It's but also because because he's right-handed, it gives you the ability to have one of those guys. Because right now, your top right-handed face-off guy is JT Comfer. And that's bad. And Claude Drew's winning 60% of his draws this year. And you see that the abs will put if it's on the right side, it's a righty. If it's on the left side, it's a lefty. Not just the abs. And pretty much everybody does this. So if you have a face-off at the end of a game that you absolutely have to win, 51.8% for JT Comfort this year. All right? A career year in the, in the dot for him. So he's doing that. He's doing well in that area. Great. But Claude Giroux it's six, in, in the 60% range, right. that's that's a dominant face-off guy. And then you throw him in there with Nazem Kadri as well, and you have two guys that you can win face-offs with in, in an end-of-game scenario. And it doesn't matter which side of the ice. Because if you end up on the left, then it's Kadri. If you end up on the right, then you go with Giroux. You don't need him to play down the middle anymore. And he can play through your lineup in different areas 
so it's and, and the production hasn't fallen off. Like he's 34, but he's still doing his thing. Yep. And that's where you know the Joe Pavelski is going to become part of this too for a lot of the same reasons. Almost almost all of the same reasons. Right. The difference is, is that Drew at the end of the year at 34 years old can use Joe Pavelski's conver- uh, contract as the ultimate like comparable here. And yeah. you look at, you look at, Hey, would you give Claude Drew a three-year deal to be kind of like that Joe Pavelski? Like talking about keeping that guy, not right. just him being a rental, but finding a way to keep him knowing that you're probably losing Kadri. You keep a Claude Giroux and... Well, and, and then Claude Giroux becomes a flex player for you where you're probably moving Newhook up to 2C, but if it's not super smooth transition, Giroux can play C for you if you need him to. Well, and, well, and, and you can almost even kind of do what that top line we'll see do every now and then with Landy and, and McKinnon where it's like, yeah, if, if Newhook's struggling to adjust, I mean, you could even make those changes multiple times throughout a game Yep. where Drew is play playing center hand. in these sure. situations. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, again, we've seen Bednar do on, with that top line. Yeah, Billy says face-offs are overrated, and they kind of are in the sense of when you look at a team and you say they're yep. four, they're a 47% team or whatever, it's not that big of a deal. There's not a correlation between winning face-offs and winning hockey games, but situationally, they're crucial. Yep. They're huge. And yeah. having having a guy like that, you know, having a guy or two like that, because what would you rather do? Go out and get Luke Glendening where that's literally all he does. Or would you rather have Claude Drew where he's going to help you in a lot of different ways? Yeah. He's not going to be, he's not going to be a center. He hasn't played center in in really quite a while. He still takes a ton of face-offs because he's insanely good at them, but he hasn't not, he has not been a center for a while now. So move him, move him around. It's fine. He's kind um, of like a super, like the richest rich person's version of JT Comfer. Well, like, yeah, and he's even redheaded for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, AJ, you you bring up a good point. Um, we've talked about this a bunch of times on the show and stuff about situational faceoffs. How yeah. many times have have we been in press box at the bar, or whatever, watching a game and saying, "Win this draw, win this draw, and you win the game. Win this draw, and you kill the penalty." It, it, you, over the course of an entire game, you know, there's a hundred face-offs. Okay, sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe 80 of them are just kind of whatever, but there are going to be some that are very, that are important that lead directly to things either happening or not happening. And just having another guy that, because now between your two top lines, you have four different guys that you feel pretty damn comfortable with taking a draw. Um, That's power plays. That's late in games. That's uh, when you're looking to generate something, uh, I, I really do. I, obviously you, you know, you we're talking about Drew here. I'm going to give another name, but, um, Drew is like you said, with the asterisk of making it work from a money standpoint, I don't know if you can find a much better fit for what the abs, um, are looking for in terms of what's going to be available at this deadline. Yep. And, the interesting part I think about the Drew conversation is nothing, nothing is going to really change over the next two months, which mm-hmm. that's why we're so cautious about this conversation today. Cause we have no idea, but Drew makes their top six better today and mm-hmm. he'll make it at least this much better two months from now. Right. Yeah. 
he'll that that's a player that I think will be interesting to see if they if the Avs really do want to make a move. Um, you know, for Giroux, I think you'll need to get another team involved, and I think a couple of those teams we listed earlier, Seattle, Arizona, uh, would happily hold on to a, a mill, mill and a half, uh, in exchange for yeah, some a, a pick or a, a prospect or something. Um, so I, I it, it it'd be tough. There'd be a lot of legwork to make that one work, um, but I. I don't think for a second that Joe Sackick isn't going to look at every single angle on a deal like that. Um, if it's possible to get done. I mean, so let me, let me like, it's obviously really easy to be like Claude Giroux. Yes. <laughs> right. What's a, what's, what's a, what is a bridge too far in terms of a price for him? Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to give up a first. Yeah. The yeah. First, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so, so you're, you're, sure. you're twenty. Yeah. yeah you're twenty. Yeah, I think it's. I, girl, buy. I think it's a first, uh, a prospect, and a roster player. So they're gonna say, "Give well, me a first Baron and Comfer." Like, uh, well, they'll probably right. ask for New Hook first. Well, but, but then yeah, like, we'll say no to that. Obviously. Yeah, you'll, <laughs> you'll send them pictures of goat dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, if you're talking like a, a you know a first, and then those prospects oh. in that next tier that we were talking about earlier. So I, I'm just gonna. <laughs> uh, that made me lose my focus. <laughs> um, you know, so so I, I'm just gonna, you know, for the sake of what we're talking about right now, a first. Uh, so if it's Sean if Barron's, it's so if it's a first Justin Barron and JT Confer, are you good? I'm good. It would hurt, yeah. but I'm good. Yeah. What if what if they said Drew Hellison and Sampo Ranta instead? Instead of instead of their top prospect, give me two guys off of your next level. I'd do it. Probably still good. Yeah. Okay. Because because you. you and now <laughs> the other part to this is the conversation that we've had around Darcy Kemper, right? If you do that and you go win a cup, you're like Sampo who? Oh, <laughs> that's right. That prospect that was with the abs. Um, Could have been Champo, but instead got <laughs> traded. Right, right, right. Back to simple uh, life. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think if you're uh, to me, like that's the price point where I think everybody's happy. Um, Philly's getting a, a good return. The abs aren't really having to give up, um, you know, really anything that you're not immediately upgrading on your, on your roster. Um, and those two prospects, you say, we feel like we've got prospects that are in those, that same tier. So we're fine moving on from those because we think this makes us better right now. Um, and like I said, maybe in that situation, you've got to throw in a, a, a mid round pick to a third team to eat some salary. Um, you know, I mean, beyond them giving up like multiple firsts and yeah. So like, that's where I'd go next. Like if you're saying just Baron is fine or Hellison and Ranta is fine. Would you go? Oh, Lawson and Hellison. Um, and the first and, and, and the first. Yes. Yes. And 
the money from Confer in a first. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not sending anything to another team for salary purposes. I mean, right? I, I probably would. We I'd didn't really, we didn't one. really get into the specific details of working out the salary, but yeah, still, yes. I, I, I would, I would I'm probably still going. do that. Okay, he's just, he's just, he's a first line player still. Right. And you're not asking, you're not even asking him to be that, and he's just capable of it. Yeah, I, I just, I think he makes your NHL team so much better yeah. immediately that they're they're really going back to that that conversation we had last last segment there just aren't many guys that you say oh i just don't think that's worth it um because he makes your team that much better Shorter, like new so, look yeah right would you guys would you guys give the same price for joe pavelski knowing that those no. guys are going in division no and that's that's a big part of it I would, I think I'd get close, but probably yeah. not quite as much for Pavelski. Right, I, I wouldn't give as much, um, but yeah. So let me. So I, I Joe Pavelski is definitely on my list, um, but the other name that we've talked about and someone was just talking about here, um, you know, we mentioned a couple defensemen earlier. John Klingberg is is the name for me that uh, I think is going to be real interesting. Uh, come trade deadline time given that you know, depending on what Dallas is doing for what? for me that is entirely about Bowen Byram if Bowen Byram is oh, back sure. and he's healthy I'm not messing with John Klingberg right. if he's not I'm messing with John Klingberg yeah no absolutely and that's and that's part of what I think is going to be so interesting come trade deadline time um we talk so much about this defense being such an X factor for the abs in terms of matchups and their ability to move puck up pucks up ice. Yeah. Um, and just adding a guy like that, knowing that he wants out of Dallas, his salary is a lot more palatable. Um, and, and again, Dallas wouldn't have an issue moving him to Colorado because they know that he's probably not sticking around here past this season. So you're not sending him in division. Um, and and yeah, I think you'd get a very motivated uh, UFA pending UFA out of him, and it just it just like you said, re it gives you that dynamic back that you've got with Byram right now yeah. of just being you know so multifaceted on your on your back end. And um, as a righty, he kind of right just gives you like that natural like you put him into that into that top four, mm-hmm. and then you just have the Johnsons, right. Uh, but that's a name that I do. I think it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, but that is one that he's on my list right now. But to your point, um, he's going to go to Carolina <laughs> with Byram is like, we've been saying this whole show. Byram is something that will change this significantly yeah, that, between now and the deadline. It, that's one of the conversations where it's really hard to get into at this point. Right. right. Like we don't know what's going to happen over the next two months. Um, so again, I, I, these, the, the comments that are like, uh, th- this is where I get really annoyed with this type of conversation around trade deadline time. If you're making moves and you win a championship, nobody cares who you sent and where, Yep. if it results in a championship, it doesn't matter. So if you think that moving pieces for a rental from an individual opponent gets you over the hump, if you truly believe that, and it does, you don't care if you have to play against those guys for the next three, four seasons because you got the cup out of it that you needed. Now, obviously, if you do all that and you don't win, 
well, giving stuff away for pieces that don't work out, that's going to hurt regardless. But with where the abs are at now, there's a lot of fans who have become fans of the abs over the last 10, 15 years. So it's always been about, which, which is amazing, which is great. I love seeing this fan base grow. And, and for so much of that time, it's been about holding on to your assets and, and accumulating picks and, and letting your um, prospects develop and see what you can get and don't give away assets. They are not there anymore. They are in. We are pushing our chips to the middle, trying to win. Um, again, you know, I, I like to use a parallel for another team that's in town. The, the Broncos, yeah, it sucks that they've sucked for the last few years, but they suck because they gave up so much trying to win a championship that it's taken them a long time to get back to a competitive state. That like really, yeah, it's not great if you're a Bronco fan, but you have that championship just a few years ago. I so mean, you can live with a little bit of pain. And that's where I think the abs are is, hey, if we've got a mortgage, a future, you know, seven, seven eight years down the road to win a cup now, they're, they're going to do it. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and at the end of the day, if they, if they end up going on to win it all, no one's going to care what the price was to get there. The, the fear ultimately is they don't get there yep. and spend the money. And then it's the worst right. of both worlds. But right. if you have those answers, then you should be an NHL GM. So, right, right. <laughs> uh, I just, you just can't be afraid of the moment For every sure. single year where you're just like, Oh, the future, the future, the future. But yeah, you also do have to care about the future and you have to realize yeah. the abs, the abs have traded a lot of second round picks. Uh, they have, they've now traded a first they've traded um, a prospect that they used a really high pick and four years of development on um, you, you do care about your farm system because it does when your roster gets expensive as the as roster has, you do have to get, contributions out of guys on ELCs and million dollar deals. You have to. And, and it is a necessity. You're in an interesting situation for the Avs right now because if you trade Justin Barron, you say, well, they still have Hellison. Well, they still have Barron's on the forward side if they trade Ranta. Well, you still have Olauson. You still have Foodie. You still have a couple of other interesting guys down the line. If they do that this year and then you go to next year and they're talking about trading Hellison, that's when you start talking about those cupboards are really starting to look empty at that point. But are they there yet? It feels like there's still some stock in the cupboards. Yeah, they, they, they've got enough in terms of prospects. Um, again, they don't have a first or a second this year. I, I would be willing to bet that third ends up going at some point for something. Um, so, but but yes, I, I completely agree. They've got enough there right now that, with where this organization is at. And the other thing to keep in mind, you make a great point, AJ, about like you need to keep those players around as your roster starts getting more expensive. But the team is still relatively young. A lot of those guys are locked up long-term. Um, of course, you've got McKinnon coming up. You need to figure out something in net. But you don't have to worry about McCarr. You don't have to worry about Miko. You don't have to worry about Gabe. So you do have a little bit of an idea of what your money situation is. Um, and, and I think you're right, Rudo, you've got just enough left in, in the cupboards in terms of prospects and picks, um, that I, I think they can do real well for themselves. But to AJ's point, you have to, you have to focus on the moment, 
but you have to be realistic and, and you need to say, we're comfortable moving on from this many future pieces, but we're not going to go beyond that. And that's where I think Joe Sackick has um, really earned a lot of, um, you know, respect and runway from this market in showing that he knows his limits and he knows when he's not going to go beyond it. And so if he sees something that he truly think makes a team better without sacrificing too much, it's going to be something he's going to explore. Okay. I think that's probably a good place to leave it for today. So we're going to get out of here. Thank you everyone for hanging out in the chat. We appreciate all of you. We're back Wednesday with the full deal. We got pregame. We got the watch along. We got post game. So be sure to come hang out with us at that. Like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. If you want to hit the bell to get notified when we go live all the time, you can do that too. We appreciate all of you and we will talk to you again tomorrow.